three, two, and we're live again. Yeah, what up? <clears throat> Third time in 2021. <clears throat> yeah, fucking war hippies in the morning. Yeah, we were just talking about some fucking Stephen King. Yeah, I'm reading The Stand, the expanded version. Yeah, he's got the big, the Dude. big ass book sitting right here on the table. I noticed it right when I walked in. The Stand has been always been one of his books that I wanted to read, but it's always been so fucking intimidating. Yeah, like you look at it and you're like, God damn, that's a lot of fucking. Yeah, no, that's a lot of shit. That's a lot of context, and that's a large story. Yeah, that's how both of those were. Cause I read The Stand and I've read it. And those were two ones that, like, I put off for years. Mm-hmm. I didn't read them till after high school. Because, yeah, I got into Stephen King when I was, like, beginning of high school. Like, I got freshman in, year. Yeah, I got into them towards the end of high school. Probably around, like, yeah, like, senior year. Yeah. What was the first uh, Stephen King book I read? I think it was Mr. Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. I read that one. And then I read The Shining, and I don't know, dude, I've read so many fucking yeah. Stephen King books, it's like... No, I started off, the the first one I ever read is still to this day my favorite of his, which was Pet Cemetery. I started off with Pet Cemetery, and that's, yeah. still, that's still my fucking favorite. And uh, yeah, then yeah, from that, I just... Uh, sort of powerhouse through all of like what they call the golden age Stephen King like all his like super duper classics like yeah mm-hmm. powerhouse through like uh Carrie Christine fucking uh Cujo The Shining Misery yeah like yeah all that shit and then yeah after that I started getting into some more like newer or more like maybe obscure stuff I think um the one that I read I probably read this like two years ago now. It was Revival. Yeah. That one, that was a really good one. Yeah, no, that was excellent because, yeah, because I'm also a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan and that Mm -hmm. was sort of like, that story was like his sort of homage to H.P. Lovecraft. And yeah, no, that was when I had the, uh, I gave it to my older brother though so he could check it out, but Mm -hmm. I had a nice hardcover of that. Yeah, I have one too. It's in my room. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, no, that was a good one. (laughs) I love his uh, short stories. Yeah. Yeah, I have... Uh, I'm still working my way through uh, some of the ones in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I've, yeah, that's the only one of his, as far as short stories go, that I've read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, my mom always, like, it, like it's, like, my, my parents had a good Stephen King collection of hard covers, and that's why I mm-hmm. still have, like, the majority of them. At my house, which is cool. Yeah, so I have the nice big, the original hardcover of Nightmares and Dreamscapes with the original artwork mm-hmm. and shit on it. The I'm, Scarecrow and yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm always trying to find in like thrift shops and stuff, original Stephen King books. Like I would love to find an original hardcover copy of it. Yeah. That would be sick. No, um, what's, uh, some of my friends, the uh, the Mosers, their their mom had uh, a whole Stephen King collection of all the first edition hardcovers at their really? house, and I used to just like look through them, and they no, and they would all be in there, you know, all my fucking dumbass friends that don't read books, <laughs> they're all uh, they'd be like, man, what what are you looking at those for? Like what? Yeah, what, yeah, well, yeah. What are you books. doing over there? And I'm like, dude, like these are all the hardcover, like with the original art. 
Yeah. Like the first edition hardcover Stephen King's that came out, you know, fucking 70s and 80s. Yeah, and she had the original It with, like, with the sewer crate and the fucking boat floating uh, into yep, it. Yep, yeah. Yeah, with the big-ass, like, bloody letters It on it. I was like, oh, this is dope. Yeah, then, yeah, I eventually just started powerhousing through a lot of them. That's what, I've been trying to, I have a strange relationship with reading, because I used to read all the time. Like, I, I would bang yeah. out, like, fucking 15, 16 books in a year. Yeah. And then, the last couple of years, I've been more focused on reading just, like, bigger novels, and, like, taking my time with them. Like, I plan on it taking me a little while to read The Stand. Yeah. But not that long. Probably, like, maybe two months. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, yeah, when I read The Stand, that's... I I fucking... Yeah, that one took me a little bit. It took me, like, a few months because I was, like, kind of on and on. I read, like, at Powerhouse through the first half. Mm -hmm. Then, like, didn't touch it for, like, a couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, yeah, got back into it and, you know, finished off the second half. And then, yeah, no, and it, I fucking, like, powerhoused right through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've never read all of it, but that's that's my next one. Next year I'm going to read that one. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> and, and, oh, honestly, the movies pretty much, you know, did that, that full story justice between part one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the books have, like, a couple extra, like, parts in them that are kind of fucking weird, but, yeah, almost, like, unnecessary. <laughs> but, no, it's still definitely cool to, like, actually read it, you know, the way that he wrote it originally. But, yeah, no, those movies were pretty fucking accurate, especially, like, part one. You know, part one was pretty exceptional to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> part two was still good, but not as good as one for me in, in movie-wise. I'm still pissed I didn't get to see the first It in theaters. I saw It too the last night. Yeah. It was in theaters. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, I saw them both. Me and my older brother went and saw both of them. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely good shit. Then, uh, the newest, like, the fucking, both the Pet Cemetery movies for me just never did it. Yeah. Like, the original... Pet Cemetery from the 80s is, like, an iconic 80s movie just because it came out in that era. Mm -hmm. And and there is one thing they did get right because I didn't like the movie as a whole as far as doing justice, and which is funny because Stephen King himself wrote the screenplay to the original yep. movie. And, yeah, so he's not a screenplay guy, clearly. But uh, the part they got right was, was like, yeah, the iconic, uh, the Zelda character, the, the chick with the, uh, spinal meningitis and shit, you mm -hmm. know, like, that was, that's still, like, one of the creepiest shits I've ever seen, <laughs> but, uh, other than that, like, the rest of the movie was kind of whack, and then they recently did the, you know, a remake, like, a couple years ago, and it was, like, so close, but not you know, not quite what it should have been because it was too short. Yeah, yeah which is crazy because that's <clears throat> not really a very big book. No, it's not super big, but that that movie, the remake they did, it was like, yeah, it came out like 2018 or some shit. 
it was like it had the right tone and the right look the whole like it had the vibe and everything right yeah but it was only like maybe like an hour and a half long you know so it was like the pacing was just too quick and too you know it's like there's certain parts of that movie where if they if they fucking just if they made it like maybe another 30 40 minutes longer than it was mm-hmm. like that could have been like right on point and that would have been something sick because i was excited for that one and i was just kind of like disappointed because yeah now nothing nothing they've done visually with pet cemetery does justice to the actual book you see that's one that i haven't read yeah no that's that's one that should be uh on the list i'm probably gonna <laughs> bang that one out this year too yeah and that'll be because that's like 400 pages or whatever you know you can probably yeah. get through that like pretty quickly yeah I, I usually get through those in like a week or something you know fucking if that it's crazy <clears throat> how much i used to read versus how much i read now yeah and it's just like i don't i have so many things that i want to do in a day no exactly so it's like sometimes i just don't have time or like i'll get home from work and then i'll start smoking <clears throat> yeah I'll just get really fucking baked, and then I'll I'll take a book out and I'll read a page, and then I'll be I'll think to myself, huh, I don't remember anything that I just read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm too fucking baked and tired. So yeah. I find that like is I write it when I wake up. I like to read with my coffee. Yeah. I find that's the best time for me to read because as soon as I start smoking, I'm fucked. Yeah, it's reading done for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's the the exact same thing happens to me, because it's like I like I've been meaning to this year to finally get back into like reading because I fell off for like the past literally like year, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah no and just for that reason it's like I'm always like so busy and shit and then it's like when I finally do get a chance to chill and sit down I usually end up smoking fucking weed and then yeah I'm not gonna read anything yeah it's like most baked. of the, yeah most of the time I'm gonna honestly and. Probably, sadly, prefer weed over reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, and it sucks, too, because it's like, there's nothing that sounds more appealing on paper than, like, oh, man, I'm going to get really baked and, like, read a nice, yeah, sick, right? good story, right? But it unfortunately doesn't work that way, at least for me. Me neither, but, I mean, I've met a few kids who... Who do it all the time. Yeah. Like that's their main source of entertainment. Is getting baked and reading. I don't know how they do it though. I know it's probably like my ADHD or whatever. But. It sucks. Because it's. You'd think that would be so cool. Yeah no exactly. Like it's one of those things. It's always sounded great to me. It's like yeah. Like get into a nice good story. While I'm fucking baked. And but then no exact that's exactly what happens is uh, even with short stories I'll be super high, mm-hmm. and then yeah I'll just read one page and I'll have to read that single page like ten times because I'm like oh man I didn't I didn't catch anything, and then that's why it's so much easier to like just throw on a movie or something. Yeah fuck yeah, and and even sometimes with movies too if you're too high like and, and yeah. that's I love movies like that's one of my favorite things to do in life period is just be baked and watch a movie. But if you get into like a complex movie, yeah, and you get and you get like just a little too high, all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, you you watch like thirty minutes of it, and you're like, oh fuck, what the hell just 
what happened. <laughs> I think it's really weird that I can't read while I'm baked, but I can write while I'm baked. Yeah. That's never made sense to me. Yeah, I can draw exceptionally. So, like, I think I, I will only mostly draw when I'm baked. Yeah, same thing with me. I don't write too much when I'm not baked. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, it's like with drawing and artwork, it's, uh... It gets me into, yeah, like that fucking zen part where I'm just, like, I'm not even, like, thinking about shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm just putting colors down and putting shading down and, you know, I'm just, like, just doing it. That's what happens flowing. to me. It's like, I'll get baked and I'll get into a zone where it, everything just kind of comes out. Yeah. And then I'll, like, go <clears throat> look at it again the next day and think, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. It's like, it just powers me through it. It just comes right out of me. Yeah, no, it's it's almost essential for, like, creative shit, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And then espe especially with music, too, and producing. Like, I've been having a lot of fun making beats, and now, like, one of my favorite things to do is get baked and make beats. Oh, yeah, I mean, how could you, how could you not be baked and do that? You yeah. Know, like, that's like, yeah, you have to make beats while you're fucking... You have to be baked for that. Yeah. And it's crazy because for so long, like, I didn't have, until, until after I graduated from high school, I really didn't have access to a lot of weed, and I wasn't really, like, fiending to smoke. Yeah. It was like, I'd, I'd only smoked weed a couple of times, and it was something that, like, I always thought about doing, but... For like four or five years, I always made beats sober, wrote sober, recorded sober, all, like, and then now I look back on it, I was like, how the fuck <clears throat> did I do that? Yeah. And then, I feel like when, <laughs> when you do it sober, you're almost kind of like single-minded, because when I smoke, it opens me up to, I feel more comfortable trying to do weird things with music. And, like, try new things, because it just kind of opens my surroundings a little bit to what, like, it just always just goes along with the high. Like, however yeah. I'm feeling is how, like, I work it into music. Fuck yeah. It just guides me. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it just, it reaches its hand out and, and you take it. And yeah. you follow, you know? Because <laughs> now that's, uh playing drums too like if i get really baked and play fucking drums man it's like uh it, it becomes like an out of body thing yeah right? yeah Cause i'm just like you know especially once i get real warmed up and i'm like going fucking i'm going hard and yeah and you're just like super baked and it's like i'm just flowing on the drums not even thinking about shit mm -hmm. you know you're just you're just sitting there playing and i'll go like that for like another i'll go like 20 minutes straight and then what's cool too is like because I totally like space out and just start playing like it I like I unwittingly get a pretty sick cardio workout from doing yeah. that because then it's like oh man I was just going hard for like 20 fucking minutes on drums like you know yeah I'm all like sweating and shit I'm like oh this is good workout I came up with um a couple of new riffs yeah for uh, war hippies yeah, and no, I've been I've been coming up with some drum stuff, 
now too. I've been fucking around with the tuning of my guitar and just trying to, and I came up with this, like, I don't even know what the fucking tuning is. I, I did it by accident. Um, <clears throat> it sounds so fucking, like, dark. Yeah. I love it. It's so, like, in your face. Yeah, no, that's, uh, sometimes the best shit comes out of, like, accidents. Like Bob Ross would say when he was painting, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, yeah, happy little accidents, you know, like. And that's what I try, like, a lot to not have structure in music. Yeah. Because if, if you try and do things one way, the same way every time, if you don't try and do new things, it just gets boring after a while. That's why I always try to make things as weird as possible. Yeah, for sure. And like come up, you come up with some crazy sounds that way, like just experimenting on my guitar with different tunings and seeing how different chords sound, and that kind of stuff. It's really crazy what you can do, uh, specifically with guitars with with tuning. Yeah, no, there's a, there's like a million different fucking weird tunings that everybody has, like, you know, in every different genre, too, jazz dudes, fucking metal dudes, whatever. Yeah, and it's, me playing guitar for, for a while, I didn't really, I just kind of fucked around, I didn't try to learn anything. Yeah, um, I was just playing the play, and over over the last couple of years, like specifically last year into this year, I've started trying to learn some actual theory, and like just get a deeper understanding of structure. Yeah, because I feel like if if I learn structure, I'll know how to break it the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. That's uh, pretty much the same on the drums, what I've been doing. Yeah, it's like my first like five or six years was, yeah, just me just playing, you know. And then I ended up unwittingly through that getting pretty good, you know, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know like any technical shit, you know. But then there was like the past like five years or so, I've been like trying to get like way more technical and like actually mm-hmm. learn what I'm like fucking doing and learn about different the different types of fills and structure and to you know where to put shit and where shit's supposed to land and all that shit we can fucking start working on the album soon now yeah yeah it's weird i've been working on so many different little things yeah just trying to stay um, as like active as I can in all of those aspects. Yeah. Because it's always for me, I'll take breaks and there'll be long breaks where I just won't do anything. And I need those breaks to come up with new ideas. Because like sometimes I know what I want to do after I finish something like an album or something like that. And then sometimes I have no idea, so I just wait until the idea comes to me. But I've been trying to just, like, practice more. Even just making stuff that I'm not going to release, just to practice recording techniques. 
oh hell yeah mixing techniques just really trying to better my game as far as um production yeah and um instrumentation and all that kind of stuff yeah no you'll see you know like top producers and you know any kind of musical artist they have like fucking hundreds of songs that never get released and you know mm-hmm. like, you know like even uh some of the most famous dudes like like how like after like michael jackson died they still had like another six albums worth of shit yeah. they put out of like shit that he never released and shit like that like yeah no you just use fucking just record shit just to do it just to yeah keep the chops up practice certain shit yeah because i think that especially with instruments like you need to be on top of that shit like you need to yeah sit down and play at least like once a week yeah because you don't want to because the more you do it the better you'll get yeah that just happens naturally yeah it's just a repetition thing with musical instruments yeah because it's like if you fall off them for a while, you will get fucking rusty. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Yeah, no, it's like, oh shit, I forgot how to fucking play. You know, it's like, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that shit's frustrating. Yeah, music, you have to like, be sort of consistent now. Whereas like, yeah, I find like with drawing with me, it's like, I finally got to that point a couple of years ago where that's kind of like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Where like, if I, uh, like sometimes now I purposely like take, little hiatuses just to come back with like fresher ideas Mm -hmm. and shit but whenever i've tried to do that on my drum set like i'll come back like two months later after not playing it for like two months yeah and then i'll sit down i'm like i don't even remember how to fucking play now (laughs) i remember uh back when i was still skating skateboarding was like that too man if you like that's like even when i try to jump on one now like at a buddy's house if they got one laying around it's like fuck i can't even like barely ride it stand it yeah i'm gonna get um a board for this spring yeah no and i bet you as soon as i get on top of that thing i'm gonna wobble and be like what the fuck how do you stand yeah no i remember because uh yeah it was like recently like maybe six months ago or something i was at pat's house and yeah, fucking around on his board down there they have in the basement. And it was like, holy shit, I can barely, like, ride. I think about, like, how much skateboarding I used to do. It used to be, like, almost like skateboarding was all there was. And you were cool with that. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I skate. It's what I do. No, dude, that's that's all it was, man. When when me and all my homies were fucking skating, like when we were kids, that's literally all it was. It's like we wake up and we're just going to fucking skate, and that's that's what we do. We fucking skate. And you never got bored of it. It was nope. always every day, same thing. Yeah. And you would go to sleep, and wake up, and then go skate. Yeah. No, those were uh. Those are some of the best years of my fucking life. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you look back on them. And then I I went from skateboarding until I hurt myself. And yeah. I was, like, scared. To, I still, like, rode, but I didn't try to do tricks anymore after that. Yeah. Um, I did that, and then that's when I started, like, I stopped skating pretty much for the most part, except for just riding. And then I started doing music, and then I became obsessed with that. And then it, instead of waking up and being excited to go out and skate, I'd wake up and be excited to, like, 
write some rhymes and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy how life evolves. I yeah. I often think that first it was skateboarding, then it was going to then it was music, and then it, and now it's music again. I feel like there's going to be a third thing that I'm going to become obsessed with and like fall in love with pursuing in my life. Yeah. No, I think about that shit too. Because, yeah, it's like with me, it was like, yeah, it was like first it was, yeah, skating. Then for a while it was just like nothing. It was just like doing fucking drugs. Smoking, getting fucked up, drinking. And then, uh, yeah, then it became art. Yeah, and then now, yeah, and then martial arts too. Yeah, and then now it's like I'm trying to try to balance like all three of like art, music, and yeah, martial arts. I'm I want to get back into um, writing. I I used to write short stories, screenplays, and yeah, that kind of stuff all the time. And for the two projects I'm working on now, I'm gonna be writing. I'm gonna write a short story to go along with it. I want to do. I want to introduce that back into my creative flow too. I want to be able to do music and writing. Yeah. And then I feel like I. I often feel like I need a third thing. Yeah. Make it. There. There's so many things that I would love to do, but it's like that's, that's like the another one of the obstacles of life is like you know you can only do so many fucking things you only have so much time and and just having a job takes up yeah a good amount of the time like i would love to be able to wake up in the morning go out outside exercise come back smoke work on music for a few hours yeah then like go chill and read for a little bit maybe go for a walk and then come back and write like if i could live my life like that i would love to do that and like cook and that kind of stuff yeah no totally like and even and even with my job like i'm i'm very blessed with a a pretty superior schedule as far as like you know this is the most work life balance i've ever had me too so far yeah but but even still it's like you still i would still love to have that life where it's like i I can wake up and like you know i'm financially good and i don't really have to do shit i was thinking about this earlier if i if i had like if i made like a thousand dollars a week i wouldn't want more than that i'd be set yeah i'd be like you know what that's good for me yeah I've never been the kind of person who's uh, wants to be like really, really successful. Cause like if I ha- if I made like fifteen hundred, two thousand, twenty five hundred a week, I would like it, it. would give me it would stress me out. Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck am I gonna? What am I saving this for? Yeah, exactly. What like, is this gonna amount to? Cause I'm not gonna spend two grand. No, every exactly. Week. And then it's like, yeah, because I, th- I think about that shit, too, because there's some tattoo guys out there, you know, they'll pull in, like, fucking two grand a day. And uh, I'm sitting there like, yeah, I mean, once I, like, the first things I would do is, like, get my house and my family and everybody financially oh, yeah. set. But then it's like, after you do that, then I'm like, if I'm still just raking in that money, it's like, fuck. 
Yeah, what, what do I do now? And then you j- just walk around thinking, oh, I have all of this money in the bank right now. Yeah. And then I don't know. Maybe it would be maybe it would be nice, but I don't know. Just coming from the perspective of somebody who's never been like rich, like well off enough, like good enough, but never experienced having like a lot of money before. Yeah. I think I just wouldn't know what to do. And I think about that with kids who are born into rich families and never really experience what it's like to not have much. Yeah, it's it's almost like the same but the opposite. It's like the total opposite end. Like, you know, all they know is like having everything. Yeah, so it's like with those, yeah, those kids, if you were to fucking take them and now you take away all their family's money and now they're broke as fucking shit, a lot of those motherfuckers wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a huge shot. Yeah, because that's got to be a, that's got to, like, see, that's, that's one of those lives I wouldn't want. Like, I'm almost glad that I, I wasn't born into, like, some fucking super rich, well-off family. Yeah, me too. Because, like, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, that's, that's a weird thought of, like, yeah, like, you're born and you never know what it's like to, like, have some sort of struggle. Like, I feel like struggle is one of the most like character building things for Absolutely. life it's like almost essential in you know what i think is funny about like artists and stuff who who make a lot of money is that being an artist whether it be writing music um like painting drawing anything yeah. like that is one of the cheapest lifestyles there is because We've found a way to <coughs> entertain ourselves at home. Like, yeah. We found a, a way to not just go out to the mall and spend a bunch of money because you're bored because you have nothing else to do. Yeah. So when people like us get a lot of money, it must be it must be strange. Yeah. I know people probably don't think about it like that. I'm sure like... I, I mean, I really don't know what I would do if I had a lot of money. No, same here. It's like, because the only things I can even think of are like the things that I would get right out of the way, which is like taking care of me and my family, like financially yeah. paying off any fucking debts and mortgages, like, mm-hmm. you know. But once my whole family was like set for life, then it's like, yeah, after that, like if I was still raking in like millions of dollars and shit, it'd be like... Yeah, what do you fucking do? I'd probably like I would travel a lot. Like travel, I would go I yeah. would go on a bunch of dope ass trips and shit. Yeah. I'd probably eat a little bit fancier. Oh, hell yeah. No, I would uh get the most expensive shit just cuz. Yeah, yeah, get some like personal chef action at my <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, right. <clears throat> you know, have a dude come in there and cook all this like dope gourmet shit. I'd probably have a fucking intense ass sound system in the house oh yeah you all just, yeah, over. make like a a full blown like you know million dollar studio or some shit and then of course I, I get all the guitars I ever wanted yeah I'll get any like studio shit <coughs> I'll probably I'll probably blow most of that money on studio shit even if I never used yeah. it yeah if you were super duper rich 
you could almost just hire like a a company that builds recording studios and like have them just like I want I want you to just build me like a Dre level studio. Yeah, in my give house. me the give me the best. Yeah, like just give me like just fucking. You know, what? I always hear stories. I hear like rappers talk about just having a bunch of random people in their house just chilling oh yeah like you got somebody who's just chilling smoking in the studio doing nothing yeah somebody <laughs> yeah who's out in, in your kitchen eating your food yeah yeah they get uh, your booze <clears throat> yeah they get these because a lot of these especially as hip-hop dudes and, and and the rock stars too you know the original rock stars back in the day they get to a point where they just like they're just partying and then all these yeah. crowds of people like follow them and then next thing you know yeah their mansion's full of like random ass people that are just sitting there partying and yeah just eating <laughs> the food and shit that that definitely wouldn't be me no i mean yeah, like, get like the you, fuck out yeah. of here now <laughs> like uh, if yeah if you watch uh i was watching uh the nine club podcast with uh the older episode they did with bam and uh yeah, Bam was talking about like like at Castle Bam. Even to this day, there's still like he'll go back there and there'll be like random ass people just like chilling there. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and a lot of that shit on Viva La Bam was like was like those weren't like paid extras. He's like, no, those were just like people that would just show up to the fucking house with kegs and shit <laughs> and just party. <laughs> It's like there's yeah I couldn't live that lifestyle. Hell no, I I need to like I mean obviously I have, like my friends over and shit. Yeah yeah. But I would never just have some random fucking dude sleeping on my couch. Nah nah, I couldn't wake up to like, yeah yeah just like yeah he'd be like yeah no every day is like it got to a point where even he couldn't live there. He's like yeah I stopped staying there because it was like. Every day I'd wake up to like thirty plus people like just in my house. And I'm like, that's so that's like that's nuts. not safe either. Like you don't know who the fucks. You oh can, no, you could man. have a fucking psycho chilling in your house. You don't know. Yeah, no, that could that could end very badly. Especially <laughs> if somebody knows that they can just how do how can these people just get into these these houses? Don't they ever lock the doors? No, it's like with, with these celebrities when they're partying, you know, these people will just fucking be there. They'll they'll have come with them, you know, they'll have been <laughs> let in. And then for a while at uh, at Bam's place, he was literally just, you know, during that show, he said he wasn't like locking the gate or nothing. He's like, yeah, he's like, I just was like letting people just fucking come in. He's like, and people would come in through the woods, like <laughs> on the other side, you know, people would just hop the gate and shit like. It just got to a point where he it just it was out of his control, and I'm sure that's happened to a lot of other celebrity houses too. It just I'd never want to be so famous that people know where my house is, and they just show up. Nah, I'd like to. It would be nice to have like a nice house, but I'd never want to have to worry about people just pulling up on the property, being like, "Oh, this is this guy's house." Yeah, nah, fuck that. Yeah, you know, paparazzi or like yeah. just fans and shit like that. Fuck, be, no. That'd be a weird life. Like, oh yeah, this is his house. He lives here. Let's sit here and see if we can like get a picture of him or something. 
And yeah, I get a picture of the dude, like, you know, trying to, like, water his plants and shit. I'd rather, like, if I was going to be famous, I'd want to be, like, internet famous. And by internet famous, I mean, like, maybe... If, if I had, like, 10,000 views per song, like, that would be kind of chill. But yeah. I don't really... I don't expect a lot, ever. Yeah. Because as soon as you start expecting the stuff you put out to do this well... Yeah. Or not, I've been, like, disappointed. I've been like, oh, wow. Nobody listened to that. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I never... I'm never like, okay, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one that gets a thousand views. I'm, I never do that. Because, like... Yeah, no, that's... <clears throat> that shit backfires quick. Because I had my little phase of that with art. Like, I had I had a little clout-chasing phase. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, this tattoo or this drawing I post, this is... This is going to be the one. This is going to be the fucking post that's yeah. going to get, you know, 10,000 <laughs> likes and shit. You know, I had my little thing with that. And that just did not work out. And, uh, and now, and now I'm in like, I'm so much happier to be in like such an elevated mindset when it comes yeah. to that shit. Like now I could like, I could give a fuck less about yeah. any of that shit. Like my goal is to, uh, it's weird. I, I had a little, we were talking about paradigm shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little paradigm shift with my art where now I've completely flipped that mindset to be the opposite where I'm trying to be like more like one of my tattooing idols this dude marcus pacheco where you he this guy he don't even have social media like you won't you can't even find him i've been trying to figure out even where he is for like five years yeah yeah no no this dude he's like the king of low-key all he does is just uh and this dude's got a steady amount because he's been around since like the early 90s late 80s and shit and he you know he's got his steady amount of clientele that keeps him busy, keeps his bills paid. Mm-hmm. He's so just he's fucking, living the life he wants to live. Yeah, yeah, he's living the fucking dream life, and he's not like, you know, all the, like, there's a bunch of tattoo guys out there now that are all, like, Mr. Famous Guy on TV and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking million followers on Instagram and all this. Yeah, and then you got this guy who's, like, paved the way for all these clowns, and then, uh, and he's just sitting there low-key, like, mm-hmm. not even on social media or nothing. I always battle with social media. Yeah. Because a lot of times I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I don't need social media. But then I was like, oh, I kind of do to get my stuff out there. And then I'm like, oh, well, why do I really care? <clears throat> like, I'm always in an endless cycle of... I, I've gotten to the point now where I don't really give a fuck yeah. how any of the stuff I do is received. I'm going to do it whether people like it or not. Yeah. Because it's something that makes me happy. And if, if people like it, then that's cool. And if they no, don't, and that's, that's cool uh, too. And that right there is uh, is the key mindset to get to. Like, that's where I'm finally at with, with my shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's the key because then you're just doing it and then... Doing it for your, you're not doing it to like you're not making something with the intent of somebody viewing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, this is yeah. When I drop this like fucking this. yeah, when I drop this song, this is gonna be the fucking one. They're gonna be fuck like, with this. This flow switch is gonna they're they're gonna fucking love this. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't. It's more you just do what comes natural. 
Yeah, no, and, and I've I've gotten to that exact same place with uh all my artwork and my tattooing and shit where it's like I just do what I do now. And you know, yeah. people fuck with it, that's cool. If they don't fuck that's it. also cool too, yeah. you know, fuck it. Like I'm just now I'm just yeah, I'm in like a zen like place where I'm just doing my thing with that shit and it's uh I think that's the point where once you reach that state of mind yeah if nothing ever happens like if if you always stay at pretty much the same like same amount of like same amount of views yeah it doesn't matter you don't care no exactly you you elevate past that mindset and then if something does happen then it's like oh sweet yeah but you're not always waiting for something to happen no, exactly. And that's a, a dangerous, especially when it comes to creativity. If you're yeah. creating just w- with the thought in mind that people are going to see it, yeah. then I don't think you're really, a- unless you're somebody who's of like a high stature and you know that people will listen to you. And yeah. if you're somebody who can, like, a bunch of people are going to hear this. So, like, you, like, speak about whatever the fuck yeah 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 that's one thing but if you're not somebody who who's like that some just like a regular person who makes art then you don't um yeah no it's it's one of the most like debilitating mindsets to get into that's how it was for me because i was in it for a good like few years of like like i you know basically my first four years of tattooing were like Mm -hmm. that I was just like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I need to get good, and I need to do this, and I need to do these kind of tattoos, and I need to do these kind of posts on my fucking Instagram, and this is going to be, yeah, I was like, I spent like, yeah, multiple years almost just making art for for an audience, you know, like for for other people, basically, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and like now I'm like, yeah, I've completely elevated past that, where it's like, I'm just doing what I do. And then you can... I think that's where you really find yourself as an artist when you get to that point because then yeah. you start doing what you want to do and only what you want to do. Yeah. And y- you become like... Since I've started doing that, a lot of the, the songs that I've been making are almost like a breath of fresh air to me. Yeah. Because it's stuff that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Yeah. But never did because I always thought that people were going to judge me for it. Yeah, or yeah. Or that kind of stuff. When I when this is like really the kind of music I've been wanting to make this entire time. Yeah. It's nice to finally be at a point where I don't care how it's going to be received. Yeah. Like I don't want to do anything crazy like go and say something that's going to get me like fucking canceled. Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. But no, fucking, uh, no, I'm in, I'm in the same place. Yeah, no, that's that's the perfect place to get to when it comes to that shit. Because, yeah, then you're just, it's like, it's fully liberating, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. now, like, especially, like, yeah, now it's like, yeah, I'm getting into some ideas that I've had for years that I put off and shit like that. You know, I'm yeah, getting into the painting thing, which has mm-hmm. been, uh, the painting is even more liberating because you just, like, flow fucking... Yeah, no, that's that's the key to where you don't give a shit what, how it's being received. Yeah. You know, you're just doing your thing. 
and then you can pretty much go like that forever, no matter what happens, you know, yeah, because you're not, fo- you're not waiting, exactly, you're not waiting for, like, the moment. That's where longevity kind of happens. Yeah. Because that's another thing that I think about a lot. Like, how long can I keep it up for? Yeah. And then once you start doing things on your own for yourself, it could be garbage. <coughs> yeah. And, and you're fine with that. Like, yeah. I mean, now, obviously, if a song that I make, like, really just sounds awful, yeah, I won't release it, but I'm still gonna make some, some things, and I don't see myself ever stopping music. I might not be... Like, making music like I am now for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I, I do know that I don't see me stopping at, like, the speed I'm at now. Which is, like, an album a year. Year yeah. and a half. Um, I see myself probably continuing to do that for at least the next five, six years. Yeah. And then anything after that. I just see myself growing as an artist. Yeah. And branching out and trying different things. Yeah. Because I always want to try different things. I never... I always get real bored if I stick to the same shit. No, totally. Yeah, so yeah I see myself... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically in the art game until, I, until I'm, I'm fucking in the grave. For yeah. Me. You know, I can't. You know, me until too. I can't no more. Yeah, I don't. I don't see myself ever not. You know, if I, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, if, you know, I'll tattoo, as long as I'm able to. You know, hopefully, don't get you know arthritis or some yeah. shit like that where I can't hold the machine. But even then, I can hold a nice little light paintbrush and still paint. I see myself, <coughs> and obviously, I can't <coughs> tell the future, but I see myself still going heavy with the, the rapping and hip-hop shit for like at least the next five years probably a little bit more than that but i see myself like when probably when i enter my early to mid 30s i've always wanted to write books and then i could see myself still like making music but making much more um like obscure yeah, and yeah. it's not gonna be like Zephyr anymore. It's just gonna be, here's a collection of fifteen songs that I made over the course of these past two years. Yeah, and they're probably all gonna be different. Yeah, but I would really love to like, by the time, I breathe my final breath on this earth, I would love to have probably written like maybe five or six books, maybe more. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, no, I've, I had aspirations of writing and shit too. I was, dude, I think about dudes like Stephen King that put out like a shit ton of books. That's got to be like, how the fuck do you write that much? You know what I mean, like that. How do you have that many ideas? Is my question. No, exactly, and especially to fill an entire novel, like that's a whole story of twists and turns and plots and characters and shit and it's like yeah like that motherfucker will be putting out like he puts out a book like every few months yeah he's 
I wonder. I don't know how much longer he's gonna be around for. He's probably. I see him. I foresee him being around for at least the next ten years. Yeah, because yeah, he's getting up there too. He's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, we'll see. What I mean is, son Joe Hill's really good. Yeah. I think he could definitely take the, the yeah, torch. take up the mantle afterwards and keep going and I think like I I think like within the next 20 25 years we're going to see some really good Joe Hill books. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, his son is definitely uh he he has a mastery good. that I feel like um even his fucking father didn't have at yeah. least his his first couple of works are very good. Yeah, 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 he gets, uh, he's on some visceral shit, because he's like, you know, yeah, modern Stephen King. He's got his own style. I think that's what it is, mostly. Yeah. He has a different style. Yeah. Like, the same sort of, like, but I I think Joe Hill brings a much, uh, like, trippier aspect to some of his storytelling. Yeah. Than Stephen King always, like... I don't know. You can definitely tell. Yeah, it's always like pretty grounded and shit. Like where, yeah. yeah, like his, yeah, like yeah. Joe, Joe Hill gets more into that like cerebral, fucking visceral shit. Yeah, which is always good. But yeah, some fucking excellent writing comes out of those. I I I always imagine thinking about authors who have 50 or 60 novels yeah what's it what do they think during the day are they always do they ever like just sit down and chill out i mean i'm sure i'm sure lots of them do like i'm sure i'm sure every writer is thinking you know just like every artist is different i'm sure you have ones you know like where you look at like dudes like hemingway and shit he was always like drinking and fucking Mm -hmm banging chicks and shit you know and then it's like we're so, still producing yeah. yeah that hunter thompson he would uh <clears throat> he would just fucking do drugs all day and then yeah. and start writing in the middle of the night you know yeah it'd be like 12 midnight and then he'd sit down and write all the way till like 6 a.m and uh but yeah no it's like I'm sure dudes like Stephen King and shit like that who put out like mass quantities of novels, they write like they walk around with like little notepads and shit just in oh, case yeah. like shit pops in their head and all that. And I'm sure that Stephen <coughs> King's probably sitting on so many unfinished novels that he goes back to. Yeah, you you have to think for as many shit as he has released, he probably has like an equal amount of like little shorts or like half written books like at his house that never like saw the light of day like there's probably all kinds of shit if you go in his like writing room in his house or whatever that'd be like a sick place to fucking go man that's crazy yeah because I think they were doing like tours of his fucking place yeah I wanted to go I would love to see where he does his thing yeah yeah that would be fucking interesting so yeah now that dude yeah he must be just sitting there thinking of shit all day every day because <laughs> yeah because that's all he does because when i was still following him on social media and she gets uh, i think he got off facebook or whatever when he was on twitter and uh yeah 
every day he was like watching movies and shit too so it was like you know he's just constantly like engaging himself in some sort of storytelling media and i know he all he's always reading too yeah yeah he reads like he's I, I heard an interview with him, yeah, where it's like, yeah, he carries a notepad and whatever book he's reading that day, like, with him everywhere he goes. And, like, he'll even, like, when he's watching TV, he'll say, like, be in commercial breaks and shit. <laughs> he'll, like, read, you know, read another ten pages during a commercial break. Like, that dude probably reads, like, a book a day. Probably. You know, like, shit like that, you know, like... Cause yeah, he was always putting up like book recommendations too, and it's like you know you know that dude like he'll get like a four hundred pager and just like bang it out that day. Yeah, that that's a crazy commitment to storytelling. Yeah, that's somebody who really loves a story. Yeah, no, yeah, it's you know, and then yeah, even when he's not reading books, he's like yeah, watching a movie or a TV show, mm-hmm. and he's like really getting in yeah i love this movie it has great characters great plot and shit like yeah he's just like it's always about storytelling to him yeah i gotta start getting ready to go to work but yeah it's fucking nuts he's gonna be somebody when when he dies he's gonna have left behind a massive legacy oh yeah no that'll be uh that'll be a thing it's gonna be It's going to be a while before somebody's fully able to step in his shoes. And I think that Joe Hill could probably do it if he stays consistent. Yeah. Especially just the worldwide level of recognition that he has, mm-hmm. you know, just for simply putting words on pages, you know. Yeah. If you think about how many fucking movies have been made of his books, like... Yeah. It has impacted um, yeah. pop culture in such a distinct way. And it keeps coming back, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now it's uh yeah, he's that dude's a legend. <laughs> yeah, ended on that. I'm very excited to keep reading the stand. Yeah. But uh we'll we'll see you next week. Fuck yeah. Peace. <clears throat>